0: Over 500,000 people go missing each year in the United States. Many are found alive, some deceased, and others, it's almost like they just up and vanished, leaving their families, friends, and even law enforcement to wonder what happened to them. Sometimes there's lots of theories, speculations, and harsh accusations, but most of the time, it's just a lot of unanswered questions. Each week, this podcast will explore a missing person case and hopefully get some answers to those unanswered questions and remind us to not forget those who are missing. At the time of her disappearance, substitute teacher Paige Marie Rankowski was 5'6 and 125 pounds with blonde hair and blue eyes. She was last seen wearing a white silk shirt with a long beaded necklace and patterned silk slacks. I chose to do this case because 32 years is a long time to be missing. And I'm sure Paige's family would love some answers. On the morning of May 24, 1990, Paige was driving her mother to the Detroit Metropolitan Airport so she could visit her other daughter, Paige's sister Michelle in Georgia. The airport was about an hour and a half from Paige's house in Lansing, Michigan. Paige's sister, Michelle, reported that Paige was going to meet up with a friend at a park in Canton, Michigan, and then she planned on going to her fiancé's softball game. According to sources, Paige was seen between 2.30 and 2.45 at a store west of Interstate 275 in Canton, where she bought a beer that was later found in her car. The store clerk later remembered seeing her because she was wearing, and I quote, distinctive, multicolored, loose-fitting, flower-patterned pants and a distinctive necklace, end quote. Around 3.30 p.m., reports state that Paige stopped on the westbound shoulder of Interstate 96, one and a half miles from the Fowlerville, Michigan exit. Paige was seen talking to two unknown black or Hispanic men. Reports vary, as you can imagine. Eyewitness accounts tend to be a little bit unreliable. They were standing near a maroon or burgundy minivan. It's unclear, but there could have been a third man in or near the van. According to eyewitnesses, Paige was seen gesturing, throwing her hands up in the air, and one of the men put his hand on her shoulder. The TrueCrimeFiles.com reported that a few witnesses stated that they saw a man leaning with his hand on the 1986 Oldsmobile Cutlass Calais, which was actually her mother's car that she was driving. In fact, fingerprints and a palm print have been lifted from the car. Unfortunately, to this day, no match has ever been made on any of those prints. Around 7.30 p.m., a concerned motorist who reported that he saw Paige and the men earlier noticed that her car was still in the same location and called the police. When police arrived, Paige's car was there with the keys still in the ignition, the lights and the radio were on, and the engine was idling. Paige's purse, wallet, and shoes were all found inside, along with the open beer bottle she purchased earlier. This next part is frustrating, but police would have had no idea in that moment that Paige was missing. The scene was not treated as a crime scene, and the vehicle was considered abandoned and was towed away. Mike Frayer of the Livingstown County Cold Case team stated, and I quote, people driving without their shoes is not uncommon, but a woman leaving a car and leaving her shoes on a gravel shoulder of a road, that's unusual, and it's painful too, end quote. It's unknown why Paige was talking with these men, and police are unsure if they even have anything to do with her disappearance. Paige's fiance, Steve DeBarbander, was actually the first to realize that something was wrong when she failed to show up at his softball game. According to the medium.com, Steve went to the home they shared, and there was no sign of Paige. He then went to Paige's mother, artist's home, after calling and getting no answer. Paige's little red sports car was parked outside of her mother's house, but the home was dark and no one answered. He was so concerned that he broke into the home only to find no one inside, but did discover a blinking light on the answering machine. When he pressed the button, hoping that there would be a message from Paige, instead, there was a message from the Livingston County Sheriff's Department. They called to alert Artis that her car was found on the side of Interstate 96 and that it had been towed. Steve called Artis in Atlanta to let her know that something was wrong. From there, Steve called the police to file a missing person report. It's reported that Paige had recently deposited a large sum of money into her bank account, which had been left untouched after she disappeared. And her mother said that she was extremely excited about the future and wouldn't have left voluntarily. The Tuesday after Paige disappeared, Tracking Dog searched through 500 acres near the spot where her car had been found. Police helicopters scanned the area as well, but the search didn't yield any clues or Paige. A Lansing advertisement company donated 20 billboards with Paige's missing flyer poster on it and a reward. Dozens of tips came in, but none of them helped to locate her. Let's talk a little about Paige. She was working as a substitute teacher in DeWitt Township, Michigan. After she got her associate's degree in early childhood development, her sister told Dateline NBC that Paige was hardworking and fun-loving. She was said to be a tomboy with a bubbly personality. She loved skateboarding, singing, and swimming. It's said that she was close to her mother and again was excited about getting married in November in the future. There's no evidence surrounding Paige's disappearance. And not to point the finger at police, but if they would have treated this as a missing person case right off the bat, some evidence could have been retrieved. But how would they have known that Paige was missing at that moment? Her family didn't even know anything was wrong at that point. There really haven't been any real suspects besides the eyewitness sketches, but none of them have ever been identified. In May 2001, investigators announced they had a suspect in the case, but no information was released about him. However, in June 2002, they announced that the man was still considered a suspect, but they didn't have enough evidence to arrest him. A second suspect was identified and believed to be in the Detroit area, but an arrest was never made. There were some other suspects, but the case ultimately went cold again. Investigators did state that they received an anonymous letter that included a map indicating that Paige was buried on the Sober Road area of Conway Township, but it would take special equipment to search that area and narrow down where she was, so the search never took place. Over the next few years, detectives continue to investigate possible leads and search different areas, but Paige still remains missing. Her case has been ruled a homicide with foul play suspected, even though her body still has not been located, nor has anyone been charged yet in her disappearance or death. Her case is still unsolved and truly a mystery. One theory I read on the truecrimefiles.com was that someone was impersonating a police officer that same year a woman reported a man pulled up next to her and flashed a police badge trying to get her to pull over close to the area where Paige disappeared. Another theory is that an accident was staged to get money from Paige, which she did have, as I stated earlier, but that money has not been touched. There was some damage found on the car, but... This theory's never been proven. I do think that the accident theory could be something, but I'm also questioning the eyewitnesses. It's been said that eyewitness testimony of accounts are unreliable. I feel that unless you're really alarmed by a scene or something specific catches your attention, you don't know what you're witnessing. Maybe the fact that Paige was a white woman talking to black or brown men caught people's attention? I'm also questioning the angle of where these witnesses were. If you're driving down a highway at 55, 65 miles per hour, how much detail could you really see? Could it have been possible that, you know, for Paige, she'd been doing something in or around her car and those men were parked next to her and it, it looked as though that they were interacting with her, but really they weren't? If you go to our blog on our website, there is a picture of the highway that Paige was seen on. And I mean, I guess go check out the picture, but maybe that theory wouldn't really work because the chances of them ending up at that location at the same time would be a little weird. So maybe the accident theory is right. Maybe they hit her car causing her to pull over and then they abducted her. I'm still baffled by her shoes being off. Even if she was going to check out this damage from the stage accident, wouldn't she put her shoes on? I do believe that those men did have something to do with her disappearance. It's just a matter of finding out who they are. And like a lot of missing person cases, somebody probably does know something. It's just a matter of them talking and sharing what they know. Both of Paige's parents have since passed away and they died not knowing what happened to their daughter. Her sisters are still living and other family members and they deserve to know where she is. Again, Paige Marie Winkowski was 30 years old when she disappeared and would currently be 62 years old today. She was 5'6 and weighed 125 pounds. She has blonde hair and blue eyes and a scar on her right elbow and two surgical scars inserted into her left knee. If you or anyone you know has any information, big or small, regarding Paige's disappearance, please contact the Livingston County Sheriff's Department at 517-546-2440 or the Michigan State Police at 810-227-1149. For more information as well as pictures of Paige, please go to our website at theunansweredpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe for the latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And on Instagram and Facebook at The Unanswered Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think about this case, so check out our blog post on our website and give us your theories. Thank you for listening.